Welcome back to another episode of Three Man Weaves Best Bet Show here on the Field of 68 Network. We are, as always, sponsored by our wonderful pals at Bet Rivers. We're actually going to have a little special for you from Bet Rivers coming up later in the show. We'll keep you posted on what that is. Uh, there's, there's always a little bonuses come March, Kai. They want your wager, and it's a big month of basketball. Boost. Got to get them boosts. That's right. We are here. We have started March. Kai, did you have any takeaways from the final day of February, though? No, Jim, because February is my least favorite month of the calendar year. You know what my favorite month is? It's oh, March. great. Sign. And, oh. and I'm excited to be here. Uh, you know, I didn't watch too much last night. Baylor got the job done. Happy about that. Um, that's really all I got. Also, the Towson game. Uh, didn't even realize the continuation of the Towson Delaware game was yesterday. It seemed like not even very well marketed. I mean, why would it be? I suppose, but Towson basically dominated it. Uh, uh, the last 19 minutes over the game was supposed to be played kind of, yeah, kind they, of a quirky little scheduling thing. They had like a 15 point swing in the first five minutes of that game being resumed. They, they were down nine and suddenly they were up six. And it's like, okay, well, this is never close. <laughs> yeah. I'm claiming Towson as my pet team. I think I've claimed a few too many. So I'm probably stepping on people's toes. I think they're going to win a game in the tournament if they get in. That's my hot take. I think they have a good giant killer formula. Kai, um, yeah, Jim, my takeaway was Baylor looks great. Uh, that was kind of a great spot for Texas at home, and Baylor dominates uh, mostly wire-to-wire. Second half, got an outburst from my guy, Adam Flagler. I like that Bears team, man. That's just a team I want to be a part of, invested in, in any sort of uh, in any sort of angle going forward down the stretch, whether it Mute be Big your 12. Phone. Mute your phone. Uh, just so many news notifications. <laughs> hey, just these are high, highly important uh, injury. No, they're actually not, because injuries don't matter. Um, anyway, Jim, no, Baylor's awesome. I think that was a takeaway. And we continue to sort of sh- short slash sell Texas, correct? Yeah, the After Dark show last night on this here Field of 68 YouTube channel uh, discussed the the fact there's kind of like a culture win. Like Baylor has a culture, an established winning tradition, and Texas does not have that yet. They're kind of like thrown together. It's, it's kind of a, a team of not misfits, but they just haven't really gotten it all figured out yet. Uh, my takeaway from my best bet, guys, San Diego State, incredible. They were awesome last night. I think they're a lock to make the field, Kai. Huge road win. Their metrics are terrific. We can discuss that on the, the Friday edition of Fielding the 68, but they feel like they're in pretty good shape after that one. Man, meatball Matty Bradley was incredible last night. Yes, he points. was. He was, he was a monster, unstoppable one-on-one. All right, let's get into tonight's slate, guys. We're starting with a big one in the Big Ten, kind of for the Big Ten title here. Wisconsin would have to clean up one more game uh, at home against Nebraska on senior night this weekend. Purdue would also have to win one more to maintain a tie. Uh, Matt, we've got a little bit of a road flip-flop here. Wisconsin with the win at Purdue earlier in the season. Johnny Davis went for 37 and 15. Do you see the Badgers sweeping the Boilers and and maybe like not totally clinching the outright title, but getting very close? What do you think? On this one, I thought the price was a little bit expensive. Um, we saw Purdue get bet up pretty high at Michigan State. Uh, that one backfired. Sparty finally played a good game. And there's been a little bit of money coming on Purdue in a similar uh, short-ish road favorite spot, Kai. Uh, this time, obviously, at the Kohl Center. A brutal place to play. A house of whores for many Big Ten squads, uh, most notably my Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, Eileen Wisconsin, Jim, just on a pure number perspective. But you're right. The road flip-flop, the revenge angle make, gives me a little bit of pause uh, nothing strong here, I guess, all things considered. Mr. McKeon, thoughts? Worth noting, Purdue's fallen to 13. And Ken Palm, that 24-point loss to Michigan, dropped him big time. <clears throat> number one offense, number 107 defense. That's going to be the narrative you're going to hear 
uh, at an annoying amount by, by all college basketball analysts heading into the postseason. Can Purdue win with their defense? I tend to think they're going to be okay, uh, and they will improve on that end. Wisconsin's fighting for a three-seed Big Ten title. Purdue's fighting for a two-seed here. There's a lot to play for on both ends. I actually lean towards Purdue here. I know Wisconsin won in Mackey. Uh, Zach Eady actually got his. He played fantastic. But Travion Williams is a non-factor. I think he plays better in this game. Both teams should find avenues to score. I, I don't think Wisconsin's going to be stopped uh, uh, by Purdue's defense. Um, and I don't think Purdue's bigs are going to be stopped again, uh, or at least uh, Williams against Wisconsin tonight. I don't think they have an answer for Jaden Ivey either. So even though it is three, Cole Center is a really tough place to play. I think Boilers get the win here. Yeah, I'm leaning Boilers as well. I looked at some stats that really opened my eyes for me here. Synergy, mm-hmm. post-defense numbers. Can you guess what percentile Wisconsin is in? Low? First. They're in the first percentile. That's low. <laughs> nearly low. the worst post-defense in the entire country. I think part of it is because nice. they don't like to double. They want to take away the three-point mm-hmm. line. They're kind of just like, all right, go for it one-on-one. But against Purdue, that is terrifying. You're letting Edie and Williams go one-on-one, then you, you could be in trouble. Purdue posts up at one of the highest rates in the country, I believe second behind Wyoming. Uh, so they should be able to get theirs inside. But Michigan State might have given the blueprint. Uh, they did not double. They took away the three-point line. Purdue only took nine threes that entire game. You take that away from a team that shoots 40%. I think that's probably the smart way to go. So it's going to be an interesting little chess match of, you know, maybe guard lets the big guys get theirs in the block. And Purdue is maybe okay with that, but they've also got to stop Johnny Davis. Jaden Ivey got in foul trouble in West Lafayette trying to do that, and nobody else can guard him. Like, they don't have anybody else with the size strength to to match up with him on the perimeter. So, curious to see how that one works out. I'm leaning Purdue. Uh, Matt, also lean towards the over because the last five meetings between these two have gone over, but the total is four and a half, five points higher than the first meeting. last one, 144, yeah. That was, I mean, that was, you know, two months ago. So maybe it's not as relevant. It's not like a quick rematch, but still worth noting, I think. All right, let's move next. Next game out West, USC, big one in the Pac-12. Trojans are hosting Arizona. Kai, third road game in six days for Arizona. Coming off that mountain trip, they just got spanked by Colorado. Really disappointing effort for the Wildcats there. They faded late. Meanwhile, the Trojans, uh, they've been pretty solid. They, they got the two wins mm. on the, uh, the Washington trip. So impressive stuff there. Uh, excuse me, on the, uh, the Oregon trip. They won at the buzzer against Oregon. Uh, do you think Wildcats get back on track here as a road favorite? Or are you back in the home dog Trojans? Yeah, really strange 16-point loss to Colorado there. Arizona seemed out of sorts. 16 turnovers, 45% inside the arc. They're out-rebounded by Colorado. Just a very uncharacteristic game for them. Jim, uh, Andy Enfield's up to his usual empty calories type of season. They're mm-hmm. 25 and four. Looks great. I'm going to laugh out loud if he gets the Maryland job because I think he will fail there. Uh, they're six and zero straight up wow. last six map. Wow. They're one and five against the spread. They're not <laughs> a, that good of a team. They're not a 25 and four team, frankly, uh, by metrics. Uh, the scheduling has definitely helped. Look, Arizona won by nine in the first game. USC was winning that game. They definitely played well, but we've talked about it before with USC getting swept by Stanford. They struggle against playing like-sized teams. Um, and, I, and I think with that, coupled with coming off a big Oregon win, coupled with Arizona coming off the loss, I lean towards Arizona here on the road. Yeah, hey, Matthew Arch declaring this as uh, lock of the day. Uh, USC blows was his direct commentary. Oh. Kai, sort of like he uh, agrees with you on that one. Um, I like that you're tanking the mantle of the or taking my mantle of the uh, Andy Enfield uh, shade thrower per se. 
Yeah, Jim, I, our boss, Mr. Jeff Goodman, talking at length about how he thinks Arizona is a little bit inflated in some of these metrics because of the way they rack up their efficiency margin. Um, and I think that does kind of explain why the line is what it is, up to four and a half. I, I could argue I think it should be closer to three. But you mentioned the tough schedules pop for Arizona. USC uh, also in sort of a, a gauntlet of their own. I just think both teams are in a uh, tired, tough dog days of conference play part of the season. The problem is that USC is taking on more injuries, and I think it's catching up to them. Um, and I think this is a great spot to back Arizona off the loss. You're right. Like, I mean, every team had a what was the seven top 10 teams lost uh, mountain trip weekend. I think you excuse that for the Wildcats. I would lean Arizona, although the price is not super kind. Uh, I think I'd like to get a little lower. Yeah. Arizona was the biggest favorite of the bunch that lost this weekend of those top 10 teams. So maybe the most uh, alarming, but I, I do think that double elevation thing is difficult. Uh, now they're on the road again and USC can match their size inside gave them a pretty solid game in Tucson, but I, I think Arizona awful loss coaching advantage. I, I'm leaning towards the wildcats. T- tough one for me to bet though. Right, let's go back out East. We are, we are zooming back and forth across the country here, fellas. Providence headed to Villanova rematch from a surprising shootout earlier this season at the dunk. Villanova got the win there. But now, Matt, Providence has clinched the one seed. They won their first ever Big East regular season title. I think they probably celebrated on Saturday. Did they celebrate too hard, or are they back ready to prove another point here against Nova? It also feels like Nova's going to be like, hey, we're, we're still the best team. Did you forget about us? Yeah, it definitely feels like a, hey, we want to make a statement type game for Nova. Um, spreads, what, minus 9, minus 10, depending on where you look right now. I think that's a pretty sharp line. Um, Kai, what do you think? It's a little too short. I went back and forth. No, person. It's, got, it's gotta be too high. I think everyone has to think it has to think you have to think that. Yes. Well, I guess if you're a, uh, if you're an analytics number guy, you've probably been thinking every spread that Providence is, has been lined on has, has been, been shaded the other direction. I'm inclined to take Nova first half. Maybe Jim cut that, that, that big spread right in half that Nova comes out, maybe feisty and, uh, and locked in to start the first stanza, and then Providence does their voodoo magic second half that we've seen them do multiple times this season. So uh, maybe a slight lean to Nova first half, which would probably be what my five and a half, six. Yeah, I, I think. think Pat Taylor might have a decent point in the chat here yeah, that Al Durham could sit because he has been banged up and this game that hernia. doesn't yep. really mean anything for Providence other than pride. And, you know, Ed, Ed Cooley is a, a motivator. Like, I don't think they're going to come out snoozing through this one. I don't think they'll lose by 30 as much as Villanova wants to win by 30. But if Durham sits, I, that, that's kind of tipping the scales in the Villanova direction for me. I would probably lay nine and a half if he's not in there. Hey, I didn't click on the Twitter page, but uh, Cooley was asked the question, will they rest guys tonight? I'm sure he said no, um, because that's what coaches would say. But if Villanova wins this game, you're going to have a lot of people and, and wins the next game after this. You're going to have a lot of angry people and a lot of debates spark up because Villanova will be 16 and four. Providence would be 14 and three and technically win the league. And that's not going to sit right with a lot of people. I mean, playing three more games than the other team in your conference uh, and you, and you give it to them, but that's tough. But first game, Nova won at the dunk game was awesome. Close to Hawaii. Actually, Matt, I was impressed by Providence. Um, you know, I know I'm very aware of the analytics. They played really well that game. I, I do think they're a good team. I think they're well coached. The manner in which they win the majority of their games, though, is not sustainable. And that's kind of the point we make and the analytics make. You cannot keep winning by less than five points this many times in a row. It's not sustainable. So I do think this this spread is super high. They have two losses this year by over nine points. They have three losses all season. So I think it is kind of a Providence or nothing. I'm not sure Nova wins by double digits here, Jim. 
still leaning Nova. It's funny, Kai, you mentioned the like playing three less games, winning the Big East crown. Last year, Villanova played five less games than UConn. <laughs> went 11 and four and, and UConn go. went 14 and six. And I know the Huskies were a little bitter about that, but the yeah, three that the three that Providence is not playing are really difficult. UConn at home, uh, at Seton Hall, yeah. at Creighton, like probably an underdog in all three of those games. And yeah. nice, nice to not have mm. to play those. Hey, McKenzie, and, and Providence doesn't play this weekend. Like they have an open spot in the schedule. Yeah, it's, it is strange. It's dumb. very strange. Speaking of schedule spots, and McKenzie bringing up the good point, Nova with the full week of rest, and Gillespie did practice. Uh, we talked about how him and Justin Moore have been banged up a little bit. Um, but they should be fully healthy and ready to go. Um, and if they, you get an Al Durham rest or even like a hobbled Al Durham, I think Nova's a great bet. The more I talk myself into it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right, let's go to the Midwest. Still in the Eastern time zone, fellas, but a little bit west of Philadelphia. Um, Michigan State at Michigan. The Wolverines kind of back against the wall here. They're 15 and 12 overall. They've got two more tough games this week. This is kind of the one they really, really need, Matthias. Uh, they, they got spanked at Michigan State. Maybe that's a little bit alarming. But Spartans are coming off a huge, huge effort to beat Purdue. Curious if they're able to immediately get back up for a big rivalry game here and, and put out another A-plus performance. What say you on this battle in the mitten? Yeah, this feels like the Michigan-Purdue spot that we saw um, was a couple of weeks ago where we saw just like an awesome Michigan game in a really, really, really good spot. I think this is it. Um, Michigan State, yeah, they had the home run effort against uh, – who, who was it against? I'm blanking now. Against uh, Purdue, right? So now they go on the road. I know it's not a huge travel going from Ann Arbor to, to East Lansing, but the Brunson Center will be rocking. I think it's a cheap price, Kai, to get Michigan in a, a desperate spot. I don't know if I love backing the teams on the bubble desperate, going to play harder and thus are good value bets, but you know, you're going to get um, there's no risk of a letdown or a dud um, for the Spartans where I think that's, I'm sorry, for the Wolverines. While I think that is in play for the Spartans, I would take Michigan here up to three. Yeah. Michigan's hanging around the bubble up to three, Matt. It's like five. I'm seeing two. I'm looking at first half line. I was like, what am I looking at here? (laughs) Yeah, I would take it up to five. I first half. All my first half bets are good. My second half bets stink. So just in general, when I give an opinion, just chop that right down the middle and take the old first half. I I like the idea that Matt's like, I would lay three here. It's like, well, you'd take take half the number available. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be great. We'd all love that. Uh, Yeah, Michigan has lots to play for here. They're they're hanging around the bubble because they have strong uh, quality metrics, strong resume metrics. Resume metrics are falling lately. They need this game. It's a Q1 win uh, if they get this win. Uh, you know what? Actually, it might be Q2, Michigan State's net. Uh, and Sparty did pick up a Q1 win with that Purdue game. They should be feeling pretty good right now. Michigan State crushed them the first game, but Michigan shot three for 19 from deep. Sparty shot nine for 18. I, I do think Michigan gets the flip here. Um, I, I think they have the advantage of Dickinson inside, despite being, being a pretty solid rim protector. The line does feel maybe a touch high, but I'm leaning towards Michigan. All right, Kai, let's go to chat mob. Let's see what the, oh, it's Matt. It's Matt yeah. today. Yeah, he wanted it really bad. I did yeah, I really, really badly. I want to, yeah, makes, I like that makes a, me nervous because uh, I haven't seen Matt frantically scribbling. Uh, so I don't know if he's got all the questions down, but we'll find <laughs> I'm out. Trying to keep my composure. Uh, worth right. noting, Pat Taylor, we talked about the Purdue game. That is his best bet today. He's 12 and 8 on the year for those keeping track. And hey, let's, for all mobsters keeping track of their best bets, let's, let's stick to the honor system. We don't have to audit you, but I believe we got some trustworthy folk in that forum. Um, so Purdue minus three for Pat Terrellanti, two and three on the year. Um, looking at three games specifically today, talked about Purdue, uh, also likes Arizona, but looking at Montana State, Kai, uh, they are the hosting outline. Southern Utah. Ooh, They'll be on the outline. Stay tuned. 
Uh, Scott H, his best bet's Michigan minus five. Big E Sports ticket, his best bet, Kai Akron minus three. Thinking of games not on the outline. They're headed to my Ball State Cardinals. Um, mm. Feels a little short, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm kind of in fade Akron mode, though. I'm just not a fan of this team. So I, I disagree with my guy, uh, Big E Sports mm. ticket. And man, I could not stay farther away from this game. I don't know. I, it, both teams are very hard to peg. Uh, I feel like if I bet Ball State, Akron win by 15. I feel like if I bet Akron, Ball State gets the outright win. So I'm staying fully away. I had a slightly into the under there. Akron's kind of under team, but eh, we'll see. Uh, Jimmy Anderson, uh, he's on Kansas minus six. That's coming up in the outline in our second segment. Also on Illinois, Chicago. Flame on, Jimmy. A little bit of a... Uh, odds maker mix up perhaps last night with the, uh, the way the rotation order was sorted. Um, people confused as to who's actually playing at home. And that is a Wisconsin blocky in this game. Um, yep. and Despite so being the worst seed, the worst seed. So it's an odd dynamic there. He still likes the flames minus two. Your thoughts. Yeah. No, Patrick Baldwin jr. Might actually be good for Milwaukee. Like they're not distracted trying to make sure he gets shots. His dad isn't trying to figure out the offensive game plan there. Um, USC did just win by 13 in the, in the season finale. I just, I don't really trust Milwaukee, Matt. I think it's kind of a lame duck coach situation. Uh, they have beaten a lot of the top teams in the league. Like they've had some impressive get up yeah. efforts, but I don't know if this is the game. Like if they win this one, I would be inclined to back them as like a big dog in the next round, but basically a pick them game against a team that is on their way out of the conference. I, I don't know. It's tough. I lean Panthers and I'm not going to bet it because I'm just not in the business of betting teams. I don't trust right now, but this is probably the time to bet the Panthers. If you uh, believe in a little bit of a buy low, whatever Kai Paris saying the mob best bet, I guess, speaking on behalf of the entire mob, a uh, very uh, boisterous take there. I'd love to see it. Stetson central Arkansas obscure over. He likes 151 and a half. I will be honest. I thought it felt a little bit high, but central Arkansas overs have been pretty, uh, yeah. pretty strong. I believe so a team that can score gets up and down and, tends to um, shirk on the defensive side. Do you have any take here on the total or side perhaps? Uh, gosh, I don't take on the total. Um, you know, Rob Perry has been out forever now, so he doesn't really factor in anymore, but both teams can score probably plays pretty high pace, probably in the over. I kind of lean towards Stetson. Um, nothing strong. This, this game is at central Arkansas. So the way a does it. So it is a home game for central Arkansas. They did beat Stetson earlier this season as well. Um, so just food for thought there. Yeah, slightly into Central Arkansas. I don't know why I'm interjecting. Rapid fire. Jim, shut up. Go ahead. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. I mean, I guess there's a, it's a decent slate today. We probably should be more selective. Um, hey, another best bet here. We'll get to these questions. Pound it live. Looking at Ohio laying eight and a half on the road. Um, I mean, yeah, fade bowling green's a great decision. That's where I'm at. I don't really have anything else to add. Do you have to anything, any other angle that's relevant? Uh, bowling green might be down two with 10 minutes left. Or maybe even up to, <laughs> they'll still lose by 15. That's what they do. Yep. It's a collapsing team. Uh, agree. And then a couple of folks, Scott Craig, notably, and also uh, pounded asking about the over in this, Kai. Toledo Buffalo. Toledo yeah. as a dog. I mean, certainly enticing, but Buffalo at home. Uh, I mean, this is kind of a tough one for me. I think I've been waiting to back Toledo all season. I've just been, I've been on the other side of their bets, but this feels like a decent spot to, to back them. What are you looking at? I kind of lean towards Toledo on the number um, just because you can get Toledo as a dog and it's a pretty strong bet. I don't think it's going to be blowout. You'll have a chance to win the game the entire way. Um, so from a value perspective, I like the Rockets, Matt, I hope Buffalo wins. I kind of want to see them um, get back up there. They're, they're my preseason pick to win the conference. So 
Um, yeah, lean towards Toledo. That is sneakily for basically the regular season title. Toledo wins it. All they have to do is beat Bowling Green at home and they win it outright. So really, really big one. Which they will certainly do. Um, hey, our guy Tooch asked about Kennesaw State at home laying four, four and a half to Eastern Kentucky, Jim. We talk about how talented this Kennesaw State team is. Eastern Kentucky team that had talent but just was ravaged by injuries all season. Um, could maybe argue they're a you know, new lease on life, reset button, a good value team in a conference tournament setting. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I would lean Kennesaw. I, I kind of got head faked by the box score that Braxton Beverly was back in, but I think he started senior night, played two seconds and got subbed out. Like, like I think a, he's still hurt. Yeah. Like a courtesy, put him out there. An ode to him and get back. If he was game. back and healthy, I would say Eastern Kentucky with that new lease on life, I'd take them as the dog. But I think Kennesaw, despite coming off a kind of heart, heartbreaking OT loss at Liberty, I think the Owls are just better at this point. Kai, back to Maxion for you. Um, a couple of folks disagreeing on this game in the chat mob. Harry R had a three for, but I'm going to focus on the one that's not on the outline. He's looking at Kent State on the road, laying eight to Northern Illinois. Team that's been fairly feisty uh, recently, yeah. but man, Kent State's been nothing short of magnificent. Um, they have some injury concerns as well, I believe. Uh, please check me on that. I thought they had a guy get banged up last game. Was it Garcia or one of Justin their, Hamilton? Uh, Hamilton did not thank you. Play Hamilton. last game. Um, Kent State's still in play for first in the conference. Uh, if they went out, they'll be 16 and four in the league. Something to play for there. They also lost to NIU at home earlier in the season. So this mm-hmm. feels like a major revenge Kent State pounding. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't agree. believe Santiago played in that that one way back in the day. And they've won 10 in a row, covered a bunch of those games. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're going out west here to the mountains, Jim. The air troops and San Jose State air troops are at home. Uh, spreads minus five, total is 128. But Tim K asking about the under. Um, any take here, Jim, on San, Ho- San Jose State Air Force under? I don't really have a strong feel on how these teams are trending from a pace or efficiency perspective. I think you know I have a take. You should know I have a take. Do you, you pay attention to our internal chat? Which channels. I don't. Which I the, don't. I ignore the, you usually. Air Force is under is my best bet, Matthew. One of, one of my two best bets today. So ah. clearly you weren't dialed in there. Um, ah. San, San Jose State has gotten Diallo back. I think that is huge added some interior defense giving them some incentive to slow down a bit i think that makes them a little bit of an under team and that's all air force is like half court slow inefficient really offensively uh, so i i kind of like the under would you say the number you, you're seeing 128 128 128 right, and a half it's i think 128 all you need jim you don't need a you don't need it's all you need. 28 from our pals at bet rivers is plenty for me that's it uh, I'll add something to that. I think uh, Air Force second part of the conference season when teams have seen their offense once uh, have a better prep plan. It's akin to like St. Thomas where you've seen it before, you're better in the second uh, the second leg of it once you have the scouting report nailed down. Hey, our guy Ryan A. asking about Ohio Bowling Green talked about that, but also Hartford Albany, Kai. I know the America East has been a weird league for hmm. us this season. Hmm. Um, Albany has been a team that's frustrated you. Hartford it's a team I'd like, but they are also dealing with some injury concerns. Albany laying two at home. Thoughts? Probably in Albany, and solely because I trust them more than Hartford. That, that's the handicap. And sad I do, because Albany should not be trusted. No, they should not be trusted. I agree with that. Uh, Jim, going to some Atlantic 10 action. The Itsy Bitsy Spiders are hosting Dayton. Uh, big injury question mark here with Kamara up front for the Flyers. Um, I've officially removed Richmond from my betting portfolio because I just can't trust that team. Um, wild in game swings. Definitely a great live bet team for sure. 
Uh, thoughts on this one? Yeah, Kamara's status is huge. I, you can't really that aside if you don't know he was banged up this weekend that was all they gave uh he, he didn't they didn't give a specific injury no timetable or anything so probably not going to find out until closer to game time my hunch is he plays but i can't say for sure let's get one more here head back to the outline and of course best for last kai the dominator our boy asking is kentucky laying 17 too much to the land shark run reps does feel high. Kermit Davis has a large, large dog. Seems like he can throw some smoke and mirrors out there. The market has been down on Ole Miss all season, um, like significantly worse than I certainly have had in my power ratings and maybe even Ken Palm. So I think there's value on Ole Miss every game, but it hasn't been the case. So I'd probably stay away, Matt. I don't think I trust Ole Miss even at 17. I have a few folks mentioning the senior night aspect for some of these handicaps. I don't know. Do we have any thoughts on that? I tend to actually think fading the teams on senior night is a good play. I have yep. no intel on that. Just, I think, don't go with the obvious angle. I'd almost go against the grain there. I think it's highly overrated. And anecdotally, I remember tons of teams losing outright on senior night. Yeah, there may, might have been an angle in the past. If, if there was, I think books have mostly caught it and lines mm-hmm. might factor that in now. Especially if they're going to play like a walk-on for a possession or two. It's like you're getting two free possessions of you know, yeah, a yeah. bad team. I don't know. Yeah. Stretch, whatever. Back to the outline. Let's do it. All righty. Back to the outline we go. First up after our chat mob break is Kansas headed to TCU. Kansas is off a loss, Kai. TCU is off their monster win over Texas Tech. This feels like a KU spot. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Well, it's weird because they play today and they play Thursday at Kansas. So, yeah, TCU probably feels comfortable in the dance now with that Texas Tech win. KU still playing for a one seed. Um, you know, I'm not sure how they can't be right now, Jim. They 10 Q1 wins. Ridiculous. Uh, top three top three in Q1 wins are Kansas, Iowa State, and Baylor. <laughs> it's, it's nuts. Big 12 rocks this year. Um, yeah, TCU is one of those rare teams that can actually battle Kansas in the paint, specifically McCormick. Eddie Lampkin is bigger than McCormick. Uh, he's an inch taller, and he has a, some pounds on him. It's crazy. God, I yeah. love Lampkin. I do too. Uh, Remy Martin, Matt, he's back for Kansas. He came off the bench last game. Um, you know, I think they're more talented than TCU, but it's not a catastrophic amount. I'm just curious what the mindset is here. So TCU knows the next game is at fog. Do they give max effort here at their home floor? KU knows the next game is at fog. Is there, is it a less than max effort knowing they have another shot to just punk them at home? I'm not sure. I think there's still a lot to fight for, for both teams and tend to think both teams give forth that maximum effort. So it's probably leaning towards Kansas here. Yeah, I lean Kansas. Um, I mean, I think if you're going to go all in, it's the time to do it. It's at home, but you just got that awesome win against Texas Tech, and I think that makes the Horn Frogs feel a little bit comfortable. Uh, I don't want to go all the way and say fat and happy, but I would lean Kansas here on the road, especially with the Remy Martin factor. I think that's huge, man. It yep. just basically gives them added dimension uh, where he can be a you know just a guy who can give you seven points in a flurry, sort of be a plug to any scoring droughts, Jim. Um, yeah, I do link Kansas here. Minus six, the current price. I think that's a pretty good bet. Yeah, McCormick's so up and down, and they rely so heavily on Igbaji to just be efficient possession after possession. Having Martin give them that extra juice, like you said, kind of like the drought buster, just, just having yeah. them around. Uh, Kansas is also covered four straight at TCU. They've been pretty good down in Fort Worth. I think I would be on the Jayhawks there, if anything. All right, let's go back to the A-10 that we just talked, Dayton, Richmond. Let's talk St. Bonaventure, VCU. Your Bonnie's heading on the road, been trying to get back in the NCAA tournament picture, but VCU is right there on the bubble as well. But, Matt, your Bonnie's have a huge injury question. Mr. Shun, with a bad-looking injury late in their last game. Apparently it was an ankle. I can't believe it wasn't a knee watching the replay. Mm -hmm. It was terrifying to see. Gross. 
Sounds like he might give it a go, but I can't imagine he's 100%. VCU best bet for me, Matt. Now I'm going to make you describe uh, what, what, you, what your take is on this game. Well, I think the take is Shun. If Even if he's in, he's not going to be 100% effective. That's a pretty fair assumption. Um, and like my entire preview of the St. Saint Bonaventure last season, and I think which basically buoyed their amazing career year last year, is how important he is. Like defensively, completely changes the complexion of that team. Um, so not only is he just an indispensable piece up front for any team, just with the type of player he is, Kai, but this team has no depth. And I think the replacement value there is like a twofold double whammy. Um, do I love laying points with VCU against a, a team that's surging a veteran lane team, a coach I like, Mark Schmidt? No, I don't, but I think that's the right side. I think Jim's got the winner here. Uh, up to four and a half in most shops now, though. Yep. Minus four and a half. I'm laying it. Um, I want VC in the tournament. I know Jim does. I think Matt does. Both teams yeah. are. Are really surging. Both teams seven straight wins. Uh, VCU four and three against the spread. Bonnie six and one against the spread. They really have been playing towards that level um, that we hope they'd play all season. Shun's obviously huge. Now I don't think Koulibaly is a terrible replacement for him. But the problem is behind That's Koulibaly, it might, he might even be a competent guy, but we don't know because Schmidt's never played him. And that's an issue. Even if he's competent, he has zero experience on the, on the floor this season. And that's huge in, in this game against a really good opponent in the VCU. So his injury is enormous um, because the, the, the ripple effects are, are crazy uh, for a team that plays essentially six guys all day. Um, and we're worth reminding you guys, Bonnie's won by 20 at, at home in the first game here. 27-8, the free throw count. Maybe that evens up at VCU. Maybe there's a friendly whistle here. I, I think VCU returns the favor. Um, I lean their way on the spread. Yep. Agreed, Kai. It was the final 21 minutes of that game, really. VCU played with them for 19, had a really nightmarish final minute to the half, and just coasted into a Bonaventure smash in the second half. So I'm I'm with you. I think VCU gets gets their uh, revenge here. I'm, I'm curious if Koulibaly gets in foul trouble, if Mark Schmidt just like stubbornly is like, I'm playing four. My guys are out there. I, don't, <laughs> right. I hate my bench. <laughs> I refuse to go deeper. I can see him. We're good out there with the guys we have. Yeah, that's what it feels like. I don't, I don't know why he, does. he despises those guys. If you're, you're going to be Bonaventure's eighth man, go somewhere else, please. You could be Isaiah Brockington. He, he, was, yeah. he started his career at St. Bonaventure. Crazy. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's keep moving. The SEC, Vanderbilt hosting Florida. Kai, I kind of wanted to back Vanderbilt. They've, they've been good lately. 4-0-1 against the spread over their last five. Been much better with their interior defense now that Liam Robbins is playing closer to a full minutes workload. Florida, I don't really trust right now. 3-6 mm-hmm. and six against the spread on the road. What do you think? Are the Commodores the pick here or no? Yeah, Florida's in major trouble. Uh, squarely on the bubble. They need this win. Hey, it's also a Q1 win if they win. Vanderbilt's up to 74 in the net, so it's Ooh. right there. Well, they, they um, don't win by too many. Otherwise, they're going right. to fall out of the top 75. Yeah, ironically, if they win, they might they actually knock him out. Uh, Chapman probably still out. He, I think he's a, a game yeah. time. As Jermaine Mann is probably out too. That just hurts depth, not as important. Game one, Matt. Florida won by 19 without Castleton, but there's no Robins either for Vanderbilt. 58 possessions. Vanderbilt scored 0.72 points per possession and was 4 for 23 from three. You can't play any worse than that pretty much. I think Robins might be a solid match for Castleton. Um, at least a, a guy that can slow him down a bit. And Daruji, Anthony Daruji's a, a, a game time decision in this game as well. He missed last game for Florida. I think that's pretty big. So I think Vanny can hang. I've been underwhelmed by Florida all season. They have great athletes. They're physical, but they haven't executed. So I, I actually lean towards Vanderbilt here uh, at pick. I think the line is right now. 
Yeah, I think I do too. Uh, even without, you know, the, the, the Chapman out of the mix, I've been on record saying I don't really want to back the team until they have Chapman and Robinson, but that really they haven't aligned their availability this season. Kai Daruji is a massive loss. I mean, he's been the most efficient offensive player all year, just a freak athlete. Uh, you know, he, he adds a, a, a thump to that defensive fortress for sure. I think I lean the doors as well, man. I just feel like Mike White on the road in a big spot just screams like a letdown dud Florida game, doesn't it? Yes, yes. <laughs> it does. I, I'm with you. Uh, so certainly a, a Vandy lean for me as well, guys. All right, last one on the outline, the battle in the big sky, Southern Utah at Montana State. Matt, I've got a few numbers here, but I'm going to holster them. I'm going to see what your takes are before Oof. I lead you one way or the other. What do you got in this one? Man, not a lot. Uh, I just can't believe how awesome Danny Sprinkle has been this year. I just, he continues to elevate this program to unforeseen heights. They're coming off the big rivalry loss at Montana. So that's a pretty good bounce back spot. Remember this team just won at Southern Utah. What was it last Saturday? So a little bit of a road flip-flop here in favor of Southern Utah, Kai. Um, I think I'm leaning that way. Uh, it's been bet down a half point, I think the three and a half. You could catch four. I think that's a decent wager, uh, even though I know home mm. court is to be respected. Big Sky. Yeah, it's a big uh, big game for the title race in Big Sky. If Southern Utah wins, they'll move into a tie with two games left for both teams. Um, Jim mentioned, or you, sorry, you mentioned, Matt, Montana State did win that first game. Shooting is pretty similar. Montana State owned the glass, which I think they will again in this game. Southern Utah, though, for 17 turnovers, gave up just nine times. As much as my perception uh, says the opposite, Southern Utah is actually a team that plays pretty disciplined. They don't foul. They take care of the ball. They don't make many mistakes. But I think Montana State might be just too good, too talented. Raekwon Battle, guys, Washington transfer. He's been coming off the bench and averaging like 15 points a game yeah, in the last 10 games or something. He's been fantastic for them. And Jim, I thought Montana State's home court was awesome, but the the ATS splits surprised me. Montana State's three and six at home against the spread. Southern Utah's three and eight on the road against the spread. So it's kind of a, a no-win situation for either team here. Um, I do lean towards Southern Utah at the number here. I think this revenge angle is strong. Yeah, just real quick, Jim. I, the current this year data in a nutshell, the home court actually has been not so great for the big sky. So generally... It's weird. I, I just, it is weird, right? It's like always been a strong home court conference. I don't want to react to like a semi small sample size theater, but this season you're right. Home court has not played that well. Yeah. This, this is basically a clincher for Montana state. Kai, you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, Southern Utah can tie it in the loss column, but if uh, Montana state wins, they've got two soft home games or softish home games to end the year. And they will be up two games. Uh, Southern Utah has never won in Bozeman. They're 0 and 8 all time. Wow. So that's something. And Danny Sprinkle is 4 0 against the spread against Todd Simon. I think there's a big coaching mismatch. coaching edge, but I, I think there is one for sure. Uh, it, I think Montana State has covered seven of the last eight against Southern Utah, but four of those were not under Danny Sprinkle. So you can probably throw them out. I still lean Montana State. It's tough to lay over a possession. I wish it was three. Uh, but I, I just trust that team a little bit more. I like them off a loss, uh, leaning towards uh, the Bobcats at home. All right, let's go back to chat mob. Matthias, let's wrap it up that way. Make sure you hit the like button, folks. Let's rack those up. Hit triple digits today as we enter March. Start with a strong day on the like button. What do you got for us, Matthias? We got to talk my Duke Blue Devils, Jim. Um, really? a, a lot to play for today. Yeah, the old uh, the elusive ACC title. Um, oh, and it's so funny. Headed to the Oakland Zoo to take on his former disciple, Jeff Capel. 14 and a half on the road is a large spread in any conference game, no matter who's on the floor. But uh, in this one, one team is categorically more talented. 
and any sort of coaching quibbles we've had with Coach K this season are largely negated by whoever's who is on the opposite sideline. I kind of lean Duke. I think they smash. Thoughts? Me or Kai? Oh, Jim. Sorry, I'll give oh, you. Oh yeah, I, th- I think Duke smashes them too. Yeah, uh, Jeff capable, more like Jeff incapable. <laughs> How about that? Dunked on them. Boom. Roasted. Uh, no, I think Duke's way better. I think maybe they're not like every once in a while we catch them in these unmotivated spots and they lay an egg, but uh, I think they'll be relatively locked in today. Uh, Matt, sorry. I was distracted by the breaking news that Seattle is- has lifted the interim tag off of Craig Victor. So nice, well-deserved. Craig. Uh, they were terrific this season, uh, despite having really no front court. So impressive, but yeah, Matt, I'm with you. I think your blue devils uh, win big there. Another big conference, power conference, big spread. Ohio State hosting the Huskers. Uh, minus 15 coming from Paris. He thinks an Ohio State bounce back plays well for the over, actually. So he's looking at a total here. Mm. It's 150. Um, obviously, Nebraska's defense is you know optional to basically non-existent at times. Do the Buckeyes score at will, and do the Huskers get enough of their own on the other end to push this over the total? I can see it being pretty high-paced. Um, I definitely see Ohio State. Um, naming their number in terms of how many points they score. Their efficiency is off the charts. Branham's emerging to a star. Liddell's obviously a star. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the over's a good play here. 15 points, it's probably too much for me to lay comfortably. Yeah, Nebraska shot the crap out of the ball last game. 13 of 20 from deep. I don't see that continuing. Yep. Uh, hey, Jim, let's talk about the Patriot League kicking off first-round action today. We got a twofer from Noah Haynes. American Holy Cross and Bucknell Lafayette. Kai, you're getting one. Jim, you're getting the other. Kai, I'll go to you first. You pick your poison between these two. Holy Cross at home, uh, laying two to American Just Lafayette. Just hold on that one. Just hold on to that one. Hold that. That's where we got a best bet, I think, coming out. Wink, wink. And then Lafayette laying five to Bucknell at home. I like the dog in that one. That's my only take between these two games today. Yeah, numerically, I like the dog. I like Bucknell. They've been feisty sometimes as a, as a dog. But I, I think... Jordan Majeski has pointed out how poorly Bucknell has been defending Princeton-esque offenses this year. And Lafayette runs one of those. They could get dominated inside by uh, Neil Quinn and then shots open up on the perimeter. So I'm not actually betting that one. I bet Bucknell a lot this year, and I'm finally yeah. sitting one out. A couple of power conference games here that seem to maybe have fallen beneath the cracks of national attention. Virginia Tech hosting Louisville, uh, minus 10 Fairly low total. It does seem like a pretty big spread, but I mean, I don't know, at this point, Louisville seems like a uh, a, a lame duck team. Uh, any thoughts on the value on either side? I thought the number was insane. If you I think want it's to a little high. No, my yeah. honest opinion, Matthew. I think ten and a half is crazy, but Louisville is probably broken, so I'm not really excited to back them either. Yeah, they're a dead man walking for me. Speaking of numbers that I kind of felt were pretty insane, Houston laying fifteen to Cincinnati. Like, oh, Malik, well, Pat says Malik Williams is out tonight. Well, there you go. So, well, no, I, but he's, his minutes have been fluctuating. Like, I don't think that's a huge, that shouldn't be a massive part of the handicap. Should it? I mean, I know he's oh, like, yeah, he's their best player. Yeah. I, can, yeah, I think he should when be he's out there. He's a cancer. He hasn't tried what I've watched. Yeah. I don't think that should be a major problem. I'm sorry. I, Kai, I agree with you. He should be the best player. He has been at parts this season, but lately he seems checked out and very much at odds. With well, the, don't, uh, don't the rush to the tag. book to bet a team that's missing their best player, whether you think Fair. it's a good thing or bad Fair. thing. Fair. <laughs> but hey, players don't matter, right? Until yeah, they do. Sure. That's our stupid uh, yogiism motto <laughs> on this program. Jim, back to my initial take. I think Cincinnati catching 15 at Houston is way too many. What I miss yeah, I, I think Calvin Sampson has owned Cincinnati, regardless of who is the coach, whether it was Cronin, whether it was Brandon, now Wes Miller at Houston kind of smashed him in the first game. That does feel awfully high to me, though. It's just... 
If it was like 10, yeah, sure. Lay it with Houston, but 15 is a lot. Um, all right, I'm trying to round up a, another, or sorry, two more here from uh, Ryan Abramowicz asking about North Florida Lipscomb and New Hampshire UMass Lowell. Uh, the North Florida Lipscomb one's interesting. I think this could be a shootout just because both offenses, uh, I think, have clear edges to score against the other team. Um, I know North Florida has got a little bit healthier recently, although they played pretty well without some key guys. Jim, any thoughts on that one? And Kyle, go to you for New Hampshire Lowell. I like New Hampshire. I'm going to sneak that in there. Um, but yeah, okay. man, I sort of lean towards North Florida with Hendrickson back and potentially maybe you get plus air for the, the postseason. Yep. Um, just the Ospreys, man, birds of Trey. It's, it's a tricky, uh, no prep matchup. So if they win, I think there'll be a, a, someone to look for in the next round. But um, yeah, Lipscomb, I've just been pretty lukewarm on this year. The guard play and, and is, is weak. Yeah, I agree with uh, Kai. Any thoughts on New Hampshire? Lowell? I agree with Jim. I think the number's a little bit high. I, I would have this closer to a pick. I know Lowell's been pretty pretty feisty, and New Hampshire's been oddly disappointing at times, but I think they're a pretty good bet here at plus four. I do too. New Hampshire would be my yeah. lean. Mm-hmm. Uh, any Matt, final? I'm, yeah, go Matt, ahead. I've seen a question I, I want to ask you because I thought this number was like eye-poppingly high. Boise laying double digits to Nevada. Is that is that yeah. a fair number to you? Yeah, for a team that plays really low games, I, I Kai's shaking his head. He's not not buying it. No, I think it's too high too. No, I, I take Nevada. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I would too. Um, again, they're healthier, not all the way healthy, but healthier. And I think getting Warren Washington is pretty effing massive. Like he's played what two games now? Had double double and or had twelve and eleven. Uh, had eleven boards and two blocks in that game against UNLV. He's played very effective against really good front lines, and I mean this is obviously a, a top tier class in that conference. Um, yeah, I think that's high. I'm with you guys. Uh, yeah, not in any hurry to bet Nevada, but I think it's high. They had Sherfield, Cambridge, and Washington last game. Like that's their three best players, all fun in the court. Um, didn't didn't cover at Wyoming, but I, I think they cover here. I just think it's too high. Hey, we got to talk Oakland IUPUI. Uh, surprised more folks haven't asked about this. Just saw it come through the chat. The clear headline here is IUPUI Kai playing with a grand total of five players, unless five Mr. Crenshaw is rope doping us with the uh, Lestrap injury news. But we believe he's out, and he said explicitly that they're using five guys. Um, Hard to win with five, Kai. But, hey, that's the minimum. So can they gut out a a courageous performance here and cover 23 at Oakland? No. Uh, They might be able to. Yeah, that's a lot of points. I'm not sure Oakland's in a hurry to to blow them out of the water. Right. I probably take it pretty easy. I know it's a tournament, but I think Campy's probably going to use it as an opportunity to get some guys rested, maybe try a few things. I think the under is a really good play. Yeah, I yeah. under is is it's been bet down, but like there's a there's a real chance that only eleven players play in this basketball game. Five IUPUI, six Oakland. <laughs> yes, like that, that it's going to be ridiculous. We could have a super slow game. IUPUI can't have foul trouble. They can't have fatigue. If somebody fouls out, they're playing with four. So they are going to keep this possessions to a minimum, I think. And I think if Oakland gets up big, you're not going to see a ton of Jalen Moore minutes second half too, which is obviously right. a, he's a tremendous over player with the way he pushes and obviously what he can do on Deal the offensive with the wrist end. Injury. Yeah. The wrist injury is still lingering. Um, I agree with you guys. Uh, last questions here at the buzzer. I'm scrolling through. I don't think I missed any. I'm sure I missed plenty actually. Um, be, uh, the, the chat is saying I'm going to beer bong a beer on selection Sunday. If we get a hundred likes, I would have to find a beer bong. Maybe I'll shotgun one or something. I, Jim, well, you're in a beer bong one, I think, sooner because of the uh, the intel we're getting from the Field 68, our guys, Jeff Goodman and Mr. Borzello, with some phenomenal intel. If you guys missed last night, go back and rewatch that, by the way. Yeah, uh, if you're hot interested seat in hot episode, seat, oh, yeah. yeah. Coaching carousel conversation. If, man, if if they 
if they get rid of Conzo and we still have a show, I will shotgun a beer on them, for sure. And you should turn the Mizzou flag like uh, hot dog no, style. I will rectangle. be draped in the Mizzou flag while I, <laughs> while I do it. So that's we have goal. no coach. Let's go. Uh, all right. That's it guys. If any last questions, we'll get to them maybe after best bets here, but let's round out our best bet selection. I have not even touched on my game yet. Uh, who's up here on the outline. Who's going first. Uh, I am. And I haven't Taylor. touched on mine either, Matt. And let's talk American plus two is my best bet. Not that confident, but it's a best <laughs> bet. Nonetheless, uh, they swept Holy cross in the regular season. They severely underachieved all year long. So conference tournament is a nice opportunity for teams like that to get a reset, to kind of reset their season, to achieve a new goal. They're more talented. Um, they're fully healthy. They've been playing a lot better as of late as well. So American plus two, hard to beat a team three times. No, says I, Matthew. Yep. yep. That has been uh that's, that's a myth. So don't buy into that folks. If you want to, if you want to lean on narratives, that's, that's not one. Uh, my best bet. I got one today. Um, I'm going to Robert Morris, Bobby Moe, uh, fading Youngstown. This line got bet up, uh, opened at six and a half, got bet up to eight and a half at one point. Now it's back down to eight. I would take it at seven or higher. Um, just in a nutshell, look about what you would have made these two teams beginning of the season. Now, I know Robert Morris had a myriad of injuries and they had a bunch of personnel issues. And Youngstown State was a pretty massive overachiever. Still, I do not think Youngstown State should be paired by eight over Bobby Moe. I just don't. I'm sorry. It's too high. I'm taking the Colonials. Andrew Tool in a conference tournament setting anecdotally gives me the warm and fuzzies. Uh, again, though, I take first half because my second halves have been a complete and utter disaster this season. So maybe chop that best uh, bet can, into You two can parts. give your first half best bet. No, because if I do that, though, then that'll lose. So I guess I'm, what I'm doing is officially making it a best <laughs> bet play on record as a full game, but then like kind of wink, wink, telling the folks to take first half as a proper hedge to the inevitable second half collapse. Got it. All right. Well, my best bets were VCU minus four and a half and Air Force San Jose State under 128. Already uh, broke those down. So I'm not going to belabor them. That's it. Uh, Matt, I think West Virginia, Oklahoma is the only thing we need to hit still. What do you got? Uh, not a ton. Oklahoma minus five feels a little bit high. I know West Virginia has been struggling, but I think uh, I would lean the ears catching five on the road, which should be a pretty ugly game. All right. That is it. Thank you everybody for tuning in long today but hey it's the first show in march why not talk a little extra basketball got some conference tournaments tonight we'll be back again tomorrow with even more conference tournaments to discuss enjoy the hoops hopefully we'll have an over 500 damn best bets who knows we'll see Uh, but thanks for tuning in we'll see you again tomorrow at the same time